Welcome to the Weekly Insight Podcast, where we break down the noise of the week and help you understand the psychology of the markets with your host, Andrew Dore at Insight Wealth Group. Good morning. Welcome to the latest edition of the Weekly Insight Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Andrew Dore. Before we jump in this week, I'm just going to do what I do every week and just remind you that what you're about to hear today should not be construed as individual investment advice, but instead our thoughts on the market and the economy. And if you'd like to discuss how they might impact your personal portfolio, we'd encourage you to give us a call here at the office. Ah, with that out of the way, let's go ahead and dig in because I'll tell you what, this is a week we've been waiting for. Last week, excuse me, was a week we've been waiting for. I had been building up in this podcast and in our memos to what was going to happen last week, which was the big Fed meeting. It was Fed week and it was one of the most highly anticipated Fed weeks that we've seen in a while. What did they say and what does it mean for you? Let's jump right into it. But before we do, let's go through a quick reminder of the expectations leading up to this meeting because everyone anticipated a rate hike of 25 basis points. That was not the question that was at hand. The question instead was, are they going to announce a pause in rate hikes? Or are they going to announce a plan to continue to increase rates? Or are they going to punt until the next meeting? The widely expected hike happened in normal times. A hike like this itself probably would have been the story. In fact, the range we're at today, five to five and a quarter, is the highest we've seen since January of 2006. Prior to that, we hadn't been at these levels since 2001, and it was by far the fastest rate hike to this level that we've ever seen. But that is not what mattered to the market. What mattered was the rest of the meeting. I've said repeatedly in my reviews of Fed meetings that words really matter. Now, I hate parsing words, and I, man, you know, it sure feels like there's this whole thing, this Fed speak that they do. It kind of works around the edges, but never really says something. And it's very hard to divine some sort of outlook from that. But Chairman Powell actually made that point explicitly clear in his comments after the meeting. He actually drew reporters' attentions to a slight but particularly important change in the post-meeting statement that the Fed puts out. For some time now, there's been this language in the post-meeting statement that said this, quote, the committee anticipates that some additional policy firming may be appropriate in order to attain a stance of monetary policy that is sufficiently restrictive to return inflation to 2% over time. Who speaks like that, right? I mean, that is straight out of an economist playbook. But nonetheless, on Wednesday, the language changed. There was no anticipation. There was no discussion of finding sufficiently restrictive rates. Instead, they said this, and it's a little long, but I want to read it. The committee will closely monitor incoming information and assess the implications for monetary policy. In determining the extent to which additional policy firming may be appropriate to return to inflation to 2% over time, the committee will take into account the cumulative tightening of monetary policy, the lags with which monetary policy affects economic activity and inflation, and economic and financial developments. That is a real word salad. If anybody can read that back to me after listening to it, I'd be impressed. But it's really important. So let's talk about what they said. First of all, in the first statement, they talk about sufficiently restrictive rates. In past meetings, the Fed has been trying to raise rates to find a rate that was quote unquote sufficiently restrictive. 
There is no mention, however, about the needing to attain a stance of policy, which will do that in this month's report. Some could then assume that we have thus attained that level. Secondly, additional firming. The Fed did punt here a little bit because they do leave open the possibility of additional firming, but it is qualified by a statement that it, quote, may be appropriate, not a will be appropriate. And the third important piece here is this idea of cumulative tightening. That last sentence from this month's memo is a big one as it specifically identifies letting the previous rate hikes do their work. It also notes that there is a lag between the hikes. It's the first time they've said this in the actual statement. There's a lag between the hikes and their impact on economic activity. And it offers a subtle nod to the slowdown in lending that has happened outside of the Fed's activity. In the end, the Fed punted. But they really, really wanted us to understand that they will likely be pausing soon, potentially next month. So that was the statement. That comes out at 2 p.m. Eastern. And then at 2.30 p.m. Eastern, the man, the myth, the legend, Jerome Powell, steps to the podium to give the press conference. And in true Jerome Powell fashion, no good news goes unanswered. The market loved the Fed statement. If you look at what happened to the market over that time, the market jumped really quite quickly. And as we've talked about before many times, Powell steps to the podium at 2.30 and he just immediately lets the air out of the balloon. The market just really doesn't like him at a microphone. I don't know what else to say other than they're sandbagging that guy out of the gate. But by the time the market closed, the market was down 1.5% from when Powell took the podium. But to be fair, I don't really think he stepped into it too bad this time. His commentary was in keeping with the statement, and I think it also led us to some pretty optimistic potential outcomes. First, he specifically pointed out the change in the post-meeting statement. He called it out to reporters and was very clear. He said, that sentence is not in the statement anymore. We took it out, and instead we're saying that the committee will take into account other factors. But it was the nine words ahead of when he said that that was very important to the market. The market didn't really like. He said, quote, a decision on a pause was not made today. Anything but a pause was going to be considered not good news by the market. They wanted that pause and he didn't give it to them. But he then went on to talk in depth about the impact of tightening credit conditions across the country. That would be a euphemism for bank failures or making lenders more cautious. In that regard, the banks are doing the Fed's work for it. Less lending means slower economic growth and less inflation. It's a rate hike without a rate hike. So we get through Powell's comments. Wednesday, the market's down. Thursday was a pretty bland day in the market. We closed near the lows for the day, but it wasn't a whole lot to write home about. But then came Friday morning. You might recall me writing a memo and putting out a podcast here, geez, probably six months ago, and I called it Good Jobs Bad, Bad Jobs Good. I've linked to that in the memo this week. You can go read it again if you'd want. But the gist of it was that the market wanted to see bad jobs reports because bad jobs reports would be indicative of inflation starting to slow and interest rate policies starting to bite. A good jobs report, on the other hand, was seen as bad news. That meant the economy was too hot. It was growing too quickly. There was too much inflation. And really, that's been the story on jobs reports for the last year. Well, Friday morning... We woke up to the April jobs report, and it wasn't bad. In fact, it was actually really, really good. Non-farm payrolls jumped 253,000 new jobs last month. That was much higher than the expected number, which was 180,000. 
unemployment dropped from 3.6% to 3.4%. That is now one of the lowest numbers in history. I think it is the lowest number in the last 50 years. Uh Uh-oh, here we go again, right? Good jobs, bad. Bad jobs, good. This must be very bad news. Wrong. The market loved it. The S&P was up 1.85% on Friday. The NASDAQ was up two and a quarter. The old narrative wasn't working anymore. Jobs were good news for the economy. And expectations for future Fed hikes after the jobs report? You know, if you, if you go back to the old narrative, we have a good jobs report. That means the odds of the Fed hiking are going to go through the roof. But last week, still nearly non-existent odds that the Fed's going to do anything next month. 91.5% odds that the Fed will pause next month after we got the jobs report. So why is that? I'd argue that maybe Powell didn't screw things up as bad as he normally does. Because I think it ties back to a specific comment he made last Wednesday, and I want to read it to you. He said, quote, You know, it wasn't supposed to be possible for job openings to decline by as much as, they have, as they've declined without unemployment going up. Well, that's what we've seen. It just seems that, to me, that it's possible we can continue to have a cooling in the labor market without having the big increases in unemployment that have gone with many you know, prior episodes. Prior episodes, by the way, is euphemism for recession. And a few sentences later, he hit us with this. I think the case of avoiding a recession is, in my view, more likely than that of having a recession. Jerome Powell, the chairman of the Federal Reserve, just told us he thought we could have the long sought after soft landing. And whether or not the market digested that on Wednesday, they sure responded to it on Friday with the jobs report. This narrative is starting to shift, and that's really good news. So we'll leave it there this week. As always, if you have any questions, we're here to answer them. Give us a call at the office at 515-273-1333, or you can visit us on the web at www.insightwealthgroup.com. I hope you have a fantastic week. And we look forward to touching base with you again soon. Thanks so much. Take care. Securities offered through RTA Wealth Management, LLC, member FINRA, SIPC, NFA. Investment advisory services offered through RTA Wealth Advisors, LLC, an SEC-registered investment firm.